Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 203, and today we're talking to a pretty fantastic educator from Chicago who's not only a department chair, but she also is doing some great work in the world of virtual coaching. And today we're going to be talking all about why it's important for coaches not just to be focused on the third grades, the fifth grades, the biologies, but also your special subject areas. Your math is great, but how do we bring that into music class? What can we do with our visual arts? What can we do in our library medias? What can we do in our physical education classes? How can we make sure as coaches, we are advocating for every single educator so we really can be advocating for every single student? If this is a topic that hits home, we want to hear from you. There's, of course, a great thread over on our Instructional Coaches Network over on LinkedIn and on Facebook. You can head on over to askthetechcoach.com. Sign on up today. There's a link all the way at the bottom of askthetechcoach.com where you can join it. We are, as I'm saying this right now, over 750 members strong. That is unbelievable. My goal is to get us past 1,000 by the time September 1st rolls around. So if you know anybody who's an instructional coach that's looking for a great professional development network, this is one for you. And we've got a lot of things going. Head on over to the Instructional Coaches Network over on Facebook or LinkedIn today. We would love to have you guys today. Now, let's talk a little bit about where you are. You might be starting off the school year going, what do I need to do? You might be starting off working with your buildings going, how do I get in. My friends, the best thing I can do and the best thing that I can share with you is to jump yourself onto Twitter. I have found over the last few weeks so many amazing and thriving Twitter hashtags for instructional coaches. Edu coach is one. ET coaches. I like to use hashtag ask the tech coach, tech coach edu, but I've also found some new ones popping up. Teachers on Twitter, EDU on Twitter, K-12 Twitter, um, Coaching Matters, of course. Uh, you know, there's a lot of these coaching hashtags. I'm kind of working right now on a blog post to wrap all this stuff up. But there's just no excuse right now. Find a tribe. Find a community. I hope, of course, that you grow and, and join our Instructional Coaches Network on Facebook and LinkedIn. My advice for you as you're listening to this, like this show, subscribe to this show, share this on your socials, share this with others, do something this year to help you take that step forward. And if you don't know what that is, let me know. Um, we recently did a nice live show a few uh, days ago. We had some coaches come together and talk all about job interviews. And we did like two and a half hours of job interview mastermind. It was, it was kind of neat. We, we did a lot of role playing. And that came from the Coaches Network. Somebody reached out and said, I have a job interview. 
I need help. And next thing we knew, we were, we, you know, we had a nice two and a half hour long conversation and we, we helped that coach go through their job interview. If this describes you, we are here to help. This is Ask the Tech Coach. My name is Jeff Bradbury. I've been an instructional coach for the last 10 years, and I am so happy and thankful that you guys have decided to make TeacherCast your home for professional development for the last 11 years. My guest today is a fine arts department chair in Chicago, where she also has her own special practice of instructional coaching, but not just instructional coaching digital instructional coaching. And I am so excited to have a fellow music teacher on the show today. I want to bring on somebody who was recently featured at the 2022 ISTE conference, Miss Carmela Berthia. Carmela, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm happy to be here. I am so excited to, I'm so excited to have you here. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier. I very rarely get a chance to talk music teacher to music teacher, instructional coach to instructional coach. Um, for those who aren't familiar with a little bit of your work, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on these days in Chicago. Um, so I, like you said, I'm, I'm a um, fine arts chair. Um, I've always really been interested in technology and, you know, I've always been a person people knew were, you know, was able to like, work with all the apps and stuff like that. And then when the, when the pandemic hit, I was like, well, I can help a little bit. And that little bit, it turned into a lot of a little bit. And so now I'm kind of like a go-to for a lot of people for how to use the Google apps and how to use, how to use certain software and um, just how to get help teachers get adjusted to this new tech thing that they've all been thrown into. And that's an important place to start here, right? Because as an instructional coach and even as a department chair, I'm assuming that in Chicago, like around the country, teachers are getting ready to come back. That's a weird thing to say. We're recording this on July the 12th here. I'm just starting my summer, but we were talking to people on Twitter recently who have already gone back. What advice are you giving to your teachers, whether it be your, your music teachers or your classroom teachers about starting this school year on a positive note, on a digital learning note? What advice do you have for any instructional coach that's trying to plan out their school year right now? Um, my biggest piece of advice is always that the technology is a tool. So it's not, it's not the end all be all. Cause sometimes like during the summer, we do all this PD and we're like, oh my gosh, I found this new app and it can do this and it can do that. And this is going to be great. And my students are going to love it. And then you sit down with your students and they hate it. And they're like, well, I'm going to make them, some teachers are like, I'm going to make them love this app. And you don't have to do that. If it doesn't work for it, if it doesn't work for that classroom, you know, same as anything else, get to know your students, get to love on your students, find out what they need, find out what you need. And the tool that you love may not be the tool that's best, you know? So just take the time to get to know your students and then from there, you know, move into the tools that are going to work best for them. It's so important to know. And we talk about this in every episode. It's all about the relationships, right? Whether it be a coach and a teacher or a teacher and a student, or in your case, you know, a, a department chair and your staff having those conversations and building those relationships or rebuilding those relationships. This is the time to have those conversations and just do those, you know, Hey, how you doing? Those little check-ins. No, absolutely. 
this is a time to get to know as many. I usually like I like to like walk through the hallways and get to know as many kids as I can, whether they're in my classroom or not. Pretty much everybody on campus has seen me at some point because it's important. There are some students who don't necessarily um, speak up and you know get to develop those relationships with their teachers, you know, but if they get to see you enough, especially if you're um, like high school or if you are like, you know, a special area teacher um, in elementary school where every kid is going to pass through your classroom, developing those relationships in the hallway, and especially with like your new staff, if you are an instructional coach, you know, developing those relationships in the hallway and in passing are so important because it naturalizes, it makes your, your relationship natural. It doesn't, it's not, it doesn't feel forced you know, which it shouldn't be, you know, if you love people, if you love working with people, it should be natural to have those conversations. One of the things that I'm excited about today is this concept that we, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier of instructional coaches spend their times in the classrooms, but a classroom is more than just fifth grade, social studies, biology. Today, I'm excited to share a little idea about why instructional coaches should be thinking more than just the traditional classroom. Now, you and I, of course, are music teachers uh, by trade and by heart. And, and, and I know for myself, one of the first places that I go to find my generals, those people that are going to kind of, you know, be those teachers who you're going to be able to you know, work with every day, help every day, talk with every day, are those special area teachers. Talk to us a little bit about why it's important for coaches to think not just in fifth grade, but really in your arts, your maths, your library media specialists, your, your phys eds. Why is it important that coaches keep all staff members in mind? Well, because there, there's so much for us to do, right? I mean, as a music teacher, as a 21st century music teacher, you cannot teach about the music that anybody has listened to within like the last two or three decades without involving technology in it because so much of our music is electronic now. You know, it's not, it's not the way that it was, what, 60 years ago? We'll say 60 years ago, where, you know, <laughs> most of it was just, um, technology was just being used as a tool to feed in the audio, now the technology is actually creating those sounds, right? A lot of my kids are so, they get excited when they see anything that can make beats and light up. You know what I'm saying? They, they acknowledge that that's an instrument for them. And if my students understand that that's an instrument, then I need to be teaching them how to use that instrument, right? And even with, um, with the visual arts, right? There's so much graphic design. Everything that they watch, Pixar and everything like that, that's all... Being, that's all technology that's being used to create those images, right? You know, and I, computer science speaks for itself, <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, but there's so much integration that happens in the things that they see day to day. And um, if we want to set them up for their futures, then we have to, you know, we, a lot of times we start behind the curve. We, we we don't really set them up to be able to use these tools early um, in the same way as we would with their um, English classroom. Okay, I know they have to use a word processor if they're going to be um, doing this, that, that later on. We don't do that for them in music and in art and in the other um, specials. You know, and I think it's important that we set them up in the same way. 
how do we go about doing that? I, I, I think of a traditional music teacher as, you know, violin, you know, band, orchestra, chorus and stuff like that. And, and I understand that creating beats, the garage band stuff, like all of, that is, that's music, that's instrumental, but that's not, you know, traditional Euro um, classical, whatever that right word is here. How do we bring in these digital learning skills without trying to convince a arts teacher, music teacher, that they should drastically change the curriculum that they're used to? I hear you on that. Um, and I think largely in the way that I started using technology, I didn't start with um, having my students make beats or record um my my love for educational apps especially music educational apps came out of the fact that i needed more time right there are so many music teachers who have easily 60 i know some of my colleagues have 90 kids in a period and how do you hear every single kid authentically during that time you don't you don't you can't know where everyone is all at one time but if you have if you're using um apps like music first or um um like for music theory there's a good one called tone savvy if you're using those kind of apps and then you can kind of authentically see where your students are i can i can sit down even without using that i can sit down and i can go into google classroom and i can say hey i need everybody to record themselves playing from measure 77 to measure 95, right? And then I, if that's our trouble spot that we're working on, and then I can hear students um, play and I know where they are, I know what mistakes that they're making, I can hear each and every one, especially if it's just like one section, I'm like something just seems way off. I can find out where that kid is in a way that I wouldn't be able to do in the classroom, just walking around, walking through, walking through you know, and I can give them authentic feedback in an easier way. And that's still using technology and that's using it authentically in my classroom in a way that doesn't make me feel like I have to like all of a sudden become Kanye West. We're, we're going to make sure that we have links to all of the uh, applications and stuff that we just mentioned on the show. Of course, this is episode number 203 for Ask the Tech Coach. Talk to us a little bit about working with these teachers. I would imagine that walking in with this concept of turning a traditional visual arts class into graphics design. I mean, I've tried this and I've worked basic with things like Google Drawings, with Google Slides. And for some art teachers, they'll run with you. And for some, it scares them. Maybe they are traditional artists, painters, sculptor. They're not familiar with or they don't really have the confidence in bringing in a digital medium, whether it be for one lesson, a half a semester, anything like that. When you're looking at building those relationships, what advice would you have for introducing those topics. I mean, Camilla, I wouldn't just want to walk into your room and go, hey, I'm your instructional coach. We're going to try graphic design. I might say something a little bit less aggressive, right? Well, how would you bring up some of these topics to start the conversation rolling? I mean, you think about even like with students, you know, how, how do we work with students who are um, nervous or apprehensive, right? You know, because we're all human beings. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't force it on the teacher. Um, if, it is, if, if the teacher is, is just like, no, I don't want to do it, then hey, 
<laughs> you know, we'll 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 see, you know, how we can integrate some other kind of way. But if it's just like I'm I wanna do this and I'm nervous, then we take it step by step. We we scaffold, you know, we do little by little. We don't um we don't wanna overwhelm. It might just be that today we figure out how to open up, you know, so just you know, just what you're saying. Just using Google we today we figure out how to open up Google Drawings. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Today we figure out, you know, how to use if if there is the availability of a smart board, how we use the smart board and how we actually use the markers on the smart board and how we put you know, so it might just small steps to help to get, you know, to help to get those teachers um acclimated with using technology, you know. And not, not you know, it, it just just very light substitution, little by little, um, and I think that helps a lot. Um, and then when you find those places where there's a spark, you know, so you know maybe maybe um, I know like um, with yeah I know we talked about Google Drawings, but I know that also there's a lot with PowerPoint that you can do with their animation. Um, I've seen some teachers take PowerPoint. And make um, almost like these um, animated intros uh, using music and stuff like that with PowerPoint. You know, if there if there are these little things that spark those teachers, like, hey, I really like this. You know, I want to learn how to do that. Then start with them. Start with them from where their spark is. Move move them in slowly into the technology, step by step. Don't get frustrated with them because you know, it takes a while. It takes a while, and then go from where their spark is. I love that. That sounds like it needs to be on a mug or on a T-shirt or something. Start with their spark. And, you know, as you're sitting there, I, I, I remember working with my art teacher this year. You know, I walked in and, hey, have you tried this, this, this and this? And nope, I'm good. But if you happen to follow up and make those relationships, then when you walk in and you see them doing a great lesson, you can say, hey, in your next lesson, would you be comfortable with me trying something with them? So now that digital component is just an extension of what they've already done rather than trying to yes. start with, we're going to be completely different, right? And so that's how you start that co-teacher relationship. That's how you start that guide on the side thing. That's how you make sure that you are being a part of it. And now you're being helpful. You're not coming in and saying, everything you know is wrong. We're going to go over here. Look, absolutely. Because that's what it can feel like sometimes um, as, in, as a music teacher or as a fine arts teacher, especially because you know, or any special teacher, a lot of times, especially if you're in the elementary school world, it can feel like you have been ostracized, that you are either like, like you, you are hired help sometimes, or that, you know, you're just, you're just forgotten. And so that feeling of constantly sometimes being rejected in staff meetings, just being real, can carry over to the classroom. And then, you know, if, if now you're telling me that like the one thing that I hold is now not good enough, I am going to probably be a little bit more apprehensive. I love the way that you just said that, that, you know, it's important that we acknowledge that, you know, the work that is being done is important. Yeah. One of the things that we have in common as instructional coaches is our music background. And, and I tried to use that as an advantage because I can walk into these, like it's the only classroom I can really walk in and go when I was a music teacher, 
or when I was teaching this skill, I remember doing, which is, is, a, is a bonus if you can walk in and say, hey, when I was teaching fourth grade, I did this. But I often find that when I walk into an orchestra class and I go, you know, when I taught music for 20 years, sometimes teachers feel a little intimidated by that. Oh, you know more than me. You're walking in. I don't know how. Please get away. Right. Like, let me just learn and do my thing. But I think it's important to build those relationships. And, and you know, you, you mentioned something that, you know, always has to be discussed. We are the ones that want 100 kids and still complain because we don't have 150. Right. So we want to have as many kids as possible. We want to be able to to take on the world. We want because really what is our primary job as music teachers? to build, grow, and pass on a program. And, oh, I now need to worry about Chromebooks and Google and stuff. No, no, no. I just want to have them paint a picture. So being that extra person in the room to really help and provide and to show, it's all about just making possibilities come up there. You know, our job really is, you know, as, as music teachers, I believe is, is one thing. It's to inspire. And as a coach, I always preach, it's to inspire. Now, one of the ways I know that you're inspiring teachers is by your creativity. And I want to take a left turn here and talk about something that I know you're interested in and, and passionate about. You've been creating um, resources, instructional guides, templates and things um, on a great site called Teachers Pay Teachers. Tell us a little bit about your work there. How did it start? What can, how, how can resources like that be used as instructional coaches to help build those relationships in the classrooms? Yeah. Um, I started making resources on Teachers Pay Teachers just, um, so I, just, I started uploading my resources to Teachers Pay Teachers. I started making resources because I needed resources and there were no resources out there for me. And um, when I started teaching, there was no budget for curriculum and my kids needed to learn. <laughs> and so I started making my own, I started making up my own stuff. I started trying to make sure that um, I had things that my students related to that were authentic and that helped them actually um, learn what they wanted to learn. Um, I I also I have used teachers pay teachers um in those early days too because I'm like oh shoot I need to find I want to teach them this movie I wonder if there's a resource on there for this movie and sometimes there is sometimes there isn't so it's a it's a great site to be able to um quickly um see what other teachers are doing who are actually in the classroom it's not made by some company it's made by other te resources that are made by the teachers. I know that I often, um, when I when I when I see that something works with my students, I'll make worksheets for my students based off of um, those lessons that I that have failed a few times and that we finally found a niche for. Um, and I'll make those resources and I'll post those on my website. I mean, on my uh, on my storefront on Teachers Pay Teachers. Um, I know that other other teachers have made, like I said, like question and answer sheets there are teachers who have made resources for smart boards and things like that so you can actually find things that may be more tailored towards your classroom or towards your teacher that you wouldn't be able to find um in, an, in another store and usually it's not that expensive 
um, when, when you compare it to like another um, type of resource. <laughs> the links for Carmela's Teachers Pay Teachers store is in our show notes over here. I hope you guys have a chance to check it out over at episode number 203. And I bring up these resources and this is kind of tying back in, Carmela, to our previous conversation here of when you do have so many different levels, right? Ability levels, playing levels, artsy levels, and you're working with every single student in the building. It is difficult to find the time to put these resources together. And I think that's yeah. why it's important for instructional coaches to really help be a friend. If I can use that term, be an advocate. Uh, I know for myself, I'm I'm often in administration offices and district offices advocating for my coach, you know, not just my coaches, but really for my music teachers, for my art teachers. Hey, if we had this document camera, they'd be able to do this. Hey, if we had this application, they'd be able to do this. Do you want to see this stuff on the wall? If they had this, then we would be able to move the school forward and, and build a culture, etc. Talk to us a little bit about what we can do in and out of the classroom to help enhance, support, suggest, and again, be that advocate to administration when those music teachers and art teachers are full and going crazy with their schedule. Okay. So um, I want to touch on something that we've touched on a little bit, but we haven't necessarily addressed. Um, before I go into that, um, we talked about, you know, you, you talked about like how um, – an, an arts teacher or specialist teacher, you know, and, you know, their job is to inspire, right? And as tech coaches, we do, we inspire too. Um, but a part of the advocacy is that we all, we're also there to serve, right? And so, and in the classroom with the teacher, our job is to serve, to, um, to make sure that whatever they're doing, we are serving them and we are helping them to, you know, authentically do what they want to do through tech you know it's not that it's not that okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give you this new tool is that does this new if this new tool serves you here's something that you can use right and so in the same way with you know taking it back to our administrators right i am like i am the advocate for my fine arts department you know if if one of my teachers needs this then i have to go back to admin and see how we can get this thing done and a big part of that is also just knowing your admin, right? So just like we know our teachers, you know what your admin needs. What is your admin trying to do for this? What What is the school's vision? What are they trying to do? How How is your administrator? You know, what what's, what's their really core focus? And then take what's going on in your department and present it in a way as much as possible to your admin in a way that's going to serve what they need, what they need for the school, because sometimes they may not be able to see how, what you're doing. I'm lucky right now where I have um, administrators that can see what I need. Um, but I've had administrators who have no idea of why it's important for a kid to even pick up a flute or why it's, you know, what a kid could be learning when they're just, you know, putting their hand on the paper with some paint. I don't understand what the importance of, you know, any of this stuff is. And being able to translate that into their language in a way that they can see the importance of it, that's important. So as you have to advocate for teachers by also thinking like an administrator. 
Yes. I, I, I absolutely. Right. And, and, and yeah. this is where for myself, the last couple of years has been extremely valuable, not only by going through and, and earning my admin degree, but learning the language, learning about how to speak in numbers, how to speak in charts and graphs and data, how to help my other coaches really figure out um, how to advocate for themselves. It's not just the paper that shows up on the wall, but um, making sure that we have a way to to get what we want and when we need, because all teachers are 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 here. One of the harder things about when you're looking at digital learning skills and tools and technologies and all this stuff is the fact that for many art teachers, music educators, phys ed, you know, we're not in the same location, right? Like many people are music on a card, art on a card. So trying to come up with a way to do graphic design and, and Chromebook, all of these wonderful things, that doesn't always fly if, if every 30 minutes, five of those minutes have to be spent packing up an entire cart and pushing it down the hallway. What advice do you have for, for coaches and teachers and, you know, fellow musicians and stuff like that that are trying to be innovative, but they have three rooms that are packed with technology and then they go to one room, same grade, and it isn't. And now you really have to make more than one lesson plan. you got to really diversify every single thing that you do based off of the needs of the room, not the needs of the students. <laughs> no, that's, that's really good. Um, I think, I think you, you go from, you go from what you know. Um, and it, it can be really, really hard to not have your own space and for everybody else's space to now be your space. Um, I would say invest in, um, invest in one Chromebook for yourself or one laptop for yourself. And if you, if you can, and one projector, I know like when I first started teaching, um, I got told that I couldn't have a projector because um, they needed to have that technology available to other teachers. So I bought my own projector my first year teaching. Um, and, so, and, and so with that, having the projector on a cart and being able to switch that between rooms helped a lot and there are things like there there are things that you can do interactively with students um with uh with things like uh plickers mm -hmm. plickers is a good way to like you know be able to assess um there are these little cards that you can use and so it's it's low tech on the kids end um if you have like an ipad or or a phone you can scan their cards and you can collect the answers that way. Um, but really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't overthink it. I really wouldn't, I really wouldn't stress out. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress out to the, to the fact where I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do I, how do I now, you know, make, make fire from water. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Right? right. So if you don't have tech, then just, you know, Sometimes it may be easier to plan your lessons where the tech is a substitution for something rather than like it's this completely newly integrated um, lesson. 
but you have to just do what works what works best for you and what works best for um the situation that you have in front of you and and, and i think just kind of to, to, to put a bow here you said it perfectly do what's best for you, right? Don't try to take on too much stuff. You know, we talked today about building those relationships and really just making sure that, you know, I hear this from so many coaches that they, they go to an ISTE conference, which we'll, we'll get to in a second here, and they want to take on the world on day one, but you still have to come in and build or rebuild those relationships. You still need to come in and figure out where the classroom is, where the teacher is, where the students are, and start from there. Um, it, it's just an incredible up or down shift for anybody who's coming off of like a huge summer the way so many coaches did with professional development and seeing each other and getting back in. But we're all going to start from day one, which is, hi, how you doing? Are you excited about this new school year? I am. I am. I'm much more excited than I thought I, I would be because last year I was like, oh, my gosh, we're back. And then last year was like um, it, it was a dumpster fire last year. And so when we um, when we got to the end of the school year, we were all just like, "Woo, that's done. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm really excited. Um, I've, I got a chance to stop by my school yesterday and it was so good like seeing some kids light up when they saw me in the hall mm -hmm. you know that are, that are there for like there's some kids who are there like doing like summer work summer jobs seeing some of them light up seeing some of them engaged in like you know um activities during the summertime you know some of them engaged in making up summer school work but still authentically it just i'm, I'm excited to get back and to work with them and to help them to grow in the areas that they want to grow in, you know? Yeah. So I'm excited. Before I let you go, I just want to touch a little bit on ISTE. 14,000 educators came together in New Orleans. I know you were down there. I saw some great videos of you talking to our friends, Tom and Sam from the New Ed Tech Classroom. What impressions did you take away from ISTE? What excited you? What are you looking forward to seeing come into education this year? Okay. Um, I will just say that the ex the ex the expo hall was overwhelming this year. Um, just with um, the the different apps and platforms that were available to the way everything was was prevent presented. There was literally um, like an RV in there, and you know all, all these other kind of really cool things. So um, I think I think just the extremes that people went to to authentically showcase their um products and their apps that was amazing um it was really cool lavar burton was there mm -hmm. this year um he did he did some speaking um it was it, it, it was it was it was really great we even had a there was a whole session that was just for um african-american women who were in technology and yes. i was like oh my god there's a whole session on that you know you know just just these these because <laughs> it's not a lot of us <laughs> you know but you know so it, it, it was really cool um i was so I, as a high school teacher the the e-hall pass that was really cool mm -hmm. for me um i was really excited about some of the new things that um kahoot and cami are yep. doing with their products um, Kahoot's adding like a little number line thing 
And as we were doing, I was like, oh, I can add this number line. I can use this for timelines in my classroom. So if I'm talking about a composer on a, on a Kahoot, I can make a timeline. And then they have to find it on the timeline rather than just using it for like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We can do 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, you know. And they can have to scroll that way. Um, what else was I excited about? That um, um, there's a there there are a few music um, apps. There was a new one that I learned about called Charanga Music. That one was really cool. It was like a whole like um, curriculum. And um, I have a a new friend, Victor Mincy's. Um, who has a platform called um, uh, Play, Playing With Waves. And it helps you to like, you can actually like record in your voice. You can kind of make loops and you, you can kind of code using your voice and you can actually see the sound waves and go into depth with them. So it's really, oh, sorry, not, not playing waves, listening to waves. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, um, I'll, 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 I'm gonna put the link, I'll, put, I'll give <laughs> you the link, the actual, but it's really cool and it's free. It's, it's free and it was really fun to play around with um and ear sketch as always that was that was a lot of fun too i had a great time and the one thing that always supercharges me about ISTE is just getting to see everybody, getting to meet people. You and I connected because, you know, I ran down the list and said, well, who's doing some great instructional coaching things. This ability to network with other coaches is extremely valuable, extremely important. And if you're out there listening to this, looking to say, how do I reach out to other coaches? Don't forget. You can go over to askthetechcoach.com and check out our free membership sites. We've got a virtual uh, membership site on Facebook, our Instructional Coaches Network, and also on LinkedIn. No matter where you are, we have a great coaches network for you. We even just opened up a brand new coaches group on a brand new website called k12leaders.com. So no matter what kind of instructional coaching resources you look at, we've got a place for you. Carmela, I want to say thank you so much for spending time with us today. Please come back on throughout the year. I'd love to have you spread more musical joy with us. Where can somebody get a hold of you? What's your website? What's your social media? Okay. So everything is just my name. So <laughs> so everything is pretty much just my name. Twitter at Carmela Berthia. I have a website, CarmelaBerthia.com. My LinkedIn is Carmela Berthia. The only thing that's not Carmela Berthia is my teacher's pay teacher, and that's musical me um, right now. And really, I'm really just here to help. So... If you if you need to to vent or you need you need support, if you you re you can reach out to me on any of those platforms, and I am absolutely one thousand percent down to um, just be an ear or to be hands, whatever you need me to be. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and we look forward to having you back on. Congratulations on a great summer, and I hope that you have a the best school year of your career moving forward. Thanks. You too, Jeff. And I really enjoyed you as well. And that wraps up this episode number 203 of Ask the Tech Coach. Don't forget, you can find all of our resources over at askthetechcoach.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Join the Instructional Technology Coaches Network. Not only do we have over a thousand coaches coming together, not only are we doing live shows, creating great resources, but we have got a lot of great video content coming up at your request. After all, this is called Ask the Tech Coach. You guys are asking for it. We're here to create it. And now that we have 
a summer behind us and now we're looking forward to the new school year keep an eye on all the stuff happening over at the teacher cast educational network we have a great summer and fall schedule for you guys so i want to say thank you guys for making us the tech coach part of your home for professional development my name is jeff bradbury reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.